Don't get worried, okay? You say, well, you didn't. Jesus fed a multitude with how much? I hear different stories right here. Five loaves and two fish. Okay, well, we don't have near the multitude Jesus did. I bet he could feed this multitude here with these three loaves. What do you think? Mrs. R, I need your help, okay? I believe she sees me struggling. Thank you so much. I should have got that out before. That's all. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. I want you to turn your Bible to the book of Luke. The book of Luke. Now, I'm, I'm going to lay this out here, and I should have had you do that, but that's okay. I'll do it. And I should have had my wireless mic put on because I... I'm, I'm one of these guys got to use my hands. I don't know. So, can you see three loaves? Three loaves of bread. Okay, we'll let that represent three loaves of bread. Mm. And I want you to turn in your in the Word with me this morning to. The Gospel of Luke. Last week we talked about a nighttime, a song in the night. Do anybody hear, remember that from last week? So we're going to still follow the theme of night, okay? How many knows, and maybe you don't know, but we're living in dark times. Some people call it years ago, the evening of time. We're on the verge of Jesus coming back. Did you all know that? So until Jesus is coming, the world is going to get darker. But the church is going to get brighter. Okay? So this is a... This is a uh, a big time thing and, and Lincoln I don't know I appreciate you so much but I sent some things I don't know if you got them uh, or not I'm not sure and I'm wow and, and listen Hannah will come back here in a few minutes and she'll bless us with uh, uh, her and the worship team with uh, some more worship I know that we'll we're not going to stay long in your presence okay so this is uh, Luke chapter 11. Everybody say Luke chapter 11. What do we know Luke for as a writer in the scripture? You, you may stand. And listen, you're not standing for me, okay? For the people who say, well, I'm not going to stand for no preacher. You're not standing for me. This is the Lord's word, okay? If you're not able to stand, we're not going to be religious about it. We're not going to be religious about it, Okay? So the, the gospel of Luke, the writer, um, or the, the, the gospel of Luke is written by Luke. So who, what is Luke noted for? He was a doctor. He was a medical doctor, okay? 
So this medical doctor met the doctor and, and Jesus, and Jesus changed his life. Jesus changed your life. Are you hearing me? When you meet Jesus, are you hearing me? When you meet Jesus, Jesus will change your life. Okay. So what, what I'm going to talk to you a few minutes about here this morning is three loaves of bread for a midnight friend. People are looking for bread today. When people come through these, build, these doors right here, we're not here playing church. Because when people come through these doors, whether you realize it or not, they're looking for something. There was a time when you came through these doors, you was looking for something. Right? <clears throat> so I'm going to talk about really basic three things that people are looking for. And what we're all looking for. I, I, I'm, I am tired of just coming and going through the motions. I, I want the real deal. How about you? The real bread. The real bread. The real bread. They got imitations for everything. But you can't imitate and you can't substitute Jesus. In Luke chapter 11, here it is in verse 5. And Jesus said to them, which of you, this is a parable. Everybody say parable. It's an earthly story with a heavenly message, okay? So Jesus spoke this parable. Which of you shall have a friend and go to him at midnight? Everybody say midnight. And say to him, friend. Everybody holler friend. Lend me your loaves. Let me three loaves. Everybody say three loaves. Three loaves. And this is the reason. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey. And I have nothing to set before him. Every day somebody going to come to your door. And see if you've got bread in your house. Every day they're going to show up at the office looking for bread. I know they're looking for a prescript. They're looking for a diagnosis. But no, what they're looking for, Cleta, is bread. They're looking for bread. Everybody shout bread. Hallelujah. Okay. I'm so excited. For he's come to my house, he's come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. So you can see there the frustration and the anguish in this man, right? Because he has nothing to give him. Have you ever wanted to bless somebody and give to somebody before and you just didn't have it? Come on, you all help me out. That means yes, that means no. He says in verse 7, and he'll answer from within and say, this is what he'll answer from within. Do not trouble me. Don't bother me. 
people come to our door for bread, there'll be a response. Don't bother me. Don't trouble me. I don't have time. Listen, Jesus is about taking time. Ministry is about taking time. It's not your time. It's God's time. Every minute you have is his. Do you understand that concept? You are not your own. You don't have your own time. Oh, it's nice to think, well, by my strength I've done this. My strength I'm working. My strength I've done that. It's my time. It all, it all belongs to me. Well, God has a question about that. Every minute you have belongs to the God who decides your purpose and your destiny. How many get that? Job said, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. So it's not your time. It's God's time. All right, some of you already ready to throw something at me. Listen, this is God's word. So, listen. I cannot rise and give it to you. And the Bible said, the door is now shut. He actually shut the door in the man's face and said, I don't have it and I don't have time. He says, I cannot rise and give it to you. In other words, his children are sleeping. He's sleeping. It's not convenient for me to do this right now. Okay, let me finish this. Oh, my goodness sakes. I say to you, though he will not rise and give it to him because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, everybody say persistence, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. You may be seated. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, there's a lot of things in these scriptures. First of all, I want you to hang with me, okay? Because you got to understand, I'm, I'm battling against forces that you all don't really see right now, okay? You, you don't see them. If you saw them, they'd put, have hair stand up on the back of your head. I'm fighting against evil forces, the force that doesn't want this word to go out. So let's don't give place to them. Everybody, let's stay into this word to stay focused you know we're going to be out quick okay so this morning it's about a friend at midnight this is also about prayer Jesus was teaching about the importance of prayer he began in chapter 11 about you know the model prayer and then after verse 8 verses 9 um through verse 13 he talks about the importance of keep praying listen asking seeking and knocking you know keep asking keep seeking and keep knocking because if you do sooner or later somebody is going to come to your door and answer that if you'll keep praying everybody say keep praying some of you have given up on prayer you 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 given you're given up on prayer. Some of you are just totally 
maybe you've prayed about something for a long time and it's not come to fruition. So therefore, you're dis the discouragement part on your part is, well, I'll quit praying about it. If that had happened, my mother would have never seen the fruition of her prayer, which is to see a 35-year-old alcohol, a 35-year into alcoholism man delivered husband delivered from alcoholism set free by the blood of Jesus because she kept praying and the, in opposition she kept praying to beatings she kept praying to struggle she kept praying to hurt she kept praying to discouragement she kept praying to hopelessness she kept praying she kept praying So this, this is a powerful thing right here. So we can't give up in prayer. Jesus said men ought to pray and not faint. In other words, don't give up when you pray. Keep asking, keep seeking, keep believing God. The powerful thing, another powerful thing, there's so many things in this parable. But another thing that the Lord deposited in my spirit was about the need to be a friend at midnight when people are in need of bread. This church, whether we realize it or not, and, and we can't be ostriches who have our heads buried in the sand and say nothing's going on around us. We live in, in probably the most challenging time since the early church. The hour grows darker. In fact, that's what the word says that time will wax worse and worse even until the very end. And Jesus said, if that time is not hastened or shortened, we'd be in a lot of trouble. God knows about everything. He's aware of everything. But I want you to know that we live in dark times. Everybody say dark times. We live in the nighttime of, we live in the nighttime, the nighttime. We live in dark times. And specifically, it says here at the hour of midnight, which is one of the darkest hours of the night. Listen, by witchcraft standards and by the occult, the hour of midnight is the hour that a lot of evil forces are dominate the earth or try to dominate. It's, it's when evil activity is heightened at the hour of midnight. That's when witches have their coveys and their, and their activities. That's when the satanic occults have their activities. It's at the hour of midnight. It's a dark hour. It's a dark hour. It's a dark hour. So in this dark time that we live in, evil is present. In this world that we live in, darkness is present around us. Seeing a man shoot up in his arm yesterday is only a little snippet of the darkness that goes on around our lives every day. The, the powerful thing is, I don't know how some of you are even sitting in your seat because some of you were in that darkness at one time. God brought you out. You should be shot to the bank. The pastor
pastor, are you? You're just not making me feel good yet. I don't feel the shout yet. It's not about me making you feel good. It's about the word telling you what God is doing and has done in your life. So, the Bible talks about this man having a friend who came on his journey. And he came to his place and he needed bread. And he had none to give. He had none to give. There was no bread present. Why did, why did, wow, why did Naomi, hmm, why did Naomi leave Bethlehem? And by the way, Bethlehem, the word meaning means house of bread. Jesus was born in a little town called the house of bread is powerfully symbolic of the presence of Jesus. In the temple worship, it was an important, intricate part of temple worship because they had a bread, a table set up called the table of shoe bread. And I'm not going to get into that. That table of shoe bread represented the presence of God providing for his people. And Jesus made this statement. Your fathers ate bread in the wilderness and they're dead. And he that eateth the bread that comes down out of heaven shall live forever. How many knows that Jesus was that bread? He is that bread. He said, I'm the bread of life. The bread of life. The bread of life. He's that bread. Now Jesus said, I'm not going to be the light anymore. I'm going away. He went by way of the cross and the grave. And he says, you'll be the light. In other words, people are going to come to your door looking for bread also. People are going to come to this church looking for bread. People are going to come to Florida, the church that Hannah and Dakota's a part of. They're looking for bread. People are going to come off the streets looking for bread. Prophetic utterances has already been Prophetic utterances have already been given. Emaciated people will walk off the streets. They'll line up here with their, their jaws sunk in, their lives hopeless. They're, they'll walk up these streets looking for something. What they're looking for is what we gotta give them. It's called bread. Bread, bread, bread. I may holler bread. Bread, 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 bread. Now it's one thing to have bread in the daytime. You can go to the store. If your friend comes to the house, Kevin, you're out of bread. You've probably done that before. Well, I don't have any bread for, for a bologna sandwich. But let me tell you, friend, I'll run up to Walmart real quick and I'll get me a big loaf of bread and we'll have us a bologna sandwich. But at midnight... It's not a convenient time to be wanting bread or needing bread or giving bread. We base our service, 
with the Lord on convenience. If I have time, I'll be about it. I've actually had people tell me, when I get time, I'll come to church, Pastor. Or listen, you've got time. Come on, you've got time. Let me tell you about time. Your meter's running. Your meter's running. I'm, I'm older than I used to be, okay? I, I don't have the time that I used to be, that I used to have. But what I'm saying, Jesus said, your time is always near. Your time is always here. So the thing is, people will come to us at the most inconvenient times and they'll be looking for something. So a friend at midnight... Oh, and it wasn't convenient. Listen, Paul preached the gospel and in prison. He was, he was in Rome. He was standing before Felix, a governor. And, and the Bible said he presented the gospel to him. But Felix, it was, it was speaking to his heart. But he started getting uncomfortable with the message. You can tell people when people are in flight. When, when, when the word gets real heavy, grandma used to say, if it's too hot in the kitchen, you got to get out of the kitchen. Okay? But, you know, what we used to say years ago is old-time conviction. When, when the power of the Holy Spirit falls upon your heart, he reveals to you your need. That's when people are squirming. That's when people are looking around. That's where people, you know, just the fact is, it's not the preacher I've had people get upset at me because they thought I was personally preaching at them. It wasn't me. I don't have that ability or capability to preach anything at you. It was the Holy Spirit driving something on. But when that word of God is revealed to you, your heart is, your heart, your heart is pricked. Your heart is quickened. And so the Bible said that Paul preached to him this gospel. And the Bible said it made sense to Felix, but then he said, I don't have any more time for this. I, Paul, you go away. When it's convenient, I'll have you come back. That's Luke 24 and 25. In other words, when it's convenient with me, I'll get saved. When it's convenient with me, I'll serve the Lord. When it fits my calendar, fits my schedule, I'll be about the service of the Lord. You've got to realize we're going to all stand before the Lord. One of the things that we will stand before the Lord for is what did you do with what I gave you? God put a rich deposit of bread in our hands and he said, be bread to those who are hungry. Be bread to those that are hopeless. Be bread to those who are afraid. Be that bread. I'm the bread of life. Monica, you were giving bread out yesterday. Well, listen, let me tell you something. I know you tried. Let me tell you. A few weeks ago, you come through those doors broken, hurting one night. You came into a group, and you come there, and you said, I need bread. Well, it just so happened there were people at this group that had some bread with them. And they reached bread to you. You're here today rocking for Jesus because somebody gave you bread 
and you wrapped your heart, Carolyn, around that bread. And you know what this girl does, and I'm not going to compromise her story, but you know what she did? She journeyed to Knoxville yesterday and gave bread that she got to some other bread. People who needed bread. Come on! You can't make that up! Are you hearing me? The idea is when you get it, you give it away. Don't hoard it up. Because if you keep bread long enough, it'll get hard, it'll get old, and hit a mold. You ever eat a moldy bologna sandwich before? I have. I have. I didn't know it's, I didn't see the date on it. Can you imagine Pastor Art eating old moldy bread? Green bread on one side, not knowing it, and the big old piece of fresh bologna on it. I didn't see it. I just, well, how I just ate the bologna sandwich, didn't realize it. But you know what? The powerful thing is we don't have to have stale bread. We don't have to have old bread. We don't have to have crusty bread. Because heaven's bread is fresh every day. Maybe you're trying to give old bread. Wow. Okay, I didn't know some of this is going where it's going. Okay, we got to move on. So Felix said, Paul, go away for now. When it's more convenient, I'll call on you again. You can't pick your day for Jesus. Behold, I stand at the door. And what? In other words, the Lord said, this is your opportunity. This is your day. This is your time. Everybody say, the door is my opportunity. My time. My blessing. God's knocking at your door. You know what you do? You don't sit there and look at the one knocking. You open the door. And he said, if you open the door, I'll come in. <laughs> if you open the door, Joyce Jesus said, I'll walk right through the door. You don't have to beg me. I'm just knocking, and if you open up, I'll just come right in. And you know what Jesus said? Well, I'll sup with you, you with me. In other words, we'll have fellowship, we'll have kononia, we'll have real kononia, we'll have real fellowship. We'll fellowship. We'll break bread together. You know what I'm doing with Jesus this morning? He's breaking bread with me. And I'm trying to give what he's breaking to give to you. His bread is fresh. I said that one time. Somebody remind me of that yesterday. I believe Mike. Just smell. Hmm. What is that? That's fresh bread bacon. That's heaven's manna. That's heaven's provision. We've got to be that to a lost, broken, hopeless people. We've got to be the, 
we got to be, it's not about a building, it's about a people. Ecclesia, we got to be the Greek meaning there. We got to be the embodiment of Jesus. He told the disciples, unless you take my body and eat of it, which represents this bread. He says, you take this body, this bread. We're having our meal, our kononia, and I'm instituting some things here to you. I'm breaking bread and I'm passing the bread around. When you take this bread, you eat it because it represents my embodiment. When you eat this bread, you think of me that I'm the bread. I'm the bread. I'm the bread. I'm the bread. And when people sit with that opportunity, that privilege of dining with you, that you'll be the bread that they need. Because people are going to come at midnight. They're coming at midnight. Every day I see people at, mid, at their midnight hour. Literally. Literally I see people nearly every week ODing or out of their heads with a lot of issues. With mental Ill illness issues. With addiction issues. With broken homes and broken lives. And the story goes on and on. And what these friends need is they need to know what true friendship is about. You see, a midnight friend is one you can call on at all times. I'm glad that Jesus has been my midnight friend. Woo! Yes, when I needed a friend at my midnight, I called out, guess what? He became my song in the night. When the doctor says you've got almost irreversible cancer and they send you home with comfort care, it's a midnight hour. It's a midnight hour. It's a dark hour. But Jesus is a midnight friend. He'll be there at all times, not just when it's convenient. What if you needed Jesus? Lord, I need you today. I need a miracle. And the Lord looked at his clock and says, well, I don't know if I have time for you today. Hmm, I'm glad that Jesus is an all-the-time friend. Not is he an all-the-time friend, but he's an all-time friend. Teresa, you may think he's late, but he's not late. You may think he's not coming, but he is coming. Hang on. Everybody shout, hang on. Are you getting hold of this, Brother Steve? I'm about to come back there and sit in your lap and preach. Oh, man, I'm about ready to do a happy dance with you, my brother. Hallelujah. You see, the thing is, I feel what I'm preaching. I'm not just telling you stuff. He's been Kathy and my midnight friend. Joyce, he's been a midnight friend. Isaiah, he's been a midnight friend. You know, don't you? Amen, brother. A midnight friend is one you can ask for things. <laughs> if your brother has a coat, Give him a coat. In fact, give him two. Amen. 
Oh, Jesus. A midnight friend is one that believes in your cause, believes in what's going on in your life. People will tell you that they believe. They believe in you. They believe in what God's doing in your life. But when it's put to the test and the hour of midnight comes, you'll find out who your friends truly are. Hmm. A midnight friend is one who can't be inconvenienced. Because he's there. He's a constant help. He's a constant friend in our midnight hours. I'm reminded of Luke 2 and we're, we're winding this together. Luke chapter 2 when Mary and Joseph at the nighttime of their life was traveling <laughs> into Bethlehem. And the taxes, the time for tax season was there. And many people were there to pay their taxes. And so Mary and Joseph came and she, the, the complication of her problem was she was about ready to have a baby. I'm going to tell you something right now. And some of you are going to have a hard time. So you need to really be focused with this. Some of you are carrying a baby in you. You're carrying a purpose. You're carrying a seed. You're carrying destiny. You're carrying, you're carrying something in you. You didn't get from the world. And your midnight is here. It's time for you to deliver. So they came, and there was no provision because it was such a crowded place. Trying to find a place to stay for my wife who's ready to be delivered up. We've traveled so far. We've traveled so far over hills and valleys and through rough places and the danger of criminals. And we, we, we got here, though. And so they came to an end. And the innkeeper said... And she was ready in Luke chapter 2 and verse 7. She was ready to give birth to her firstborn child. And the Bible says they came to the door knocking at their midnight. They didn't say this. But literally they were saying, you got any bread in the house? Are you hearing what I'm saying? You have bread? My life's broken. My life just fell apart. Things just got pulled out from under me. Things are bad. Things are bad. Things are bad. I need you, Lord, right now. I need you, Lord, right now. You ever been there, Melanie? You ever been there at the hour of midnight and you were trying to hang on to something and something desperate was happening in your life and they knocked on that inn's door said do you have a place you know what who was really knocking on that door Jesus you got it pay attention listen Jesus was knocking on that door Jesus is knocking on doors still today he's knocking on doors And the innkeeper says, no, we don't have any room here. Now, there's a stable down there somewhere, an old cave. Not a building, but an old cave. 
You can go down there with the animals and you can. But Jesus, that was prophesied that <laughs> that would happen. It was going right along with what God had spoken. But the, the fact is the innkeeper had no room. He had no bread. He had no room. Today, do you have room for Jesus? Okay, let me tell you. This is where Jesus, and, and the Lord showed me a diagram, and I don't have this diagram, but this diagram of a heart. Our issues with stress and worry and anxiety can be settled in simple terms if we look at the, the dynamics of this. First of all, there's only one place that God needs to be, and that's the center of your heart. So if you diagram the heart, he should be the center of your heart. He should be the focus of your heart. The reason why we run into a lot of anxiety is because we try to fit God. We know the importance of God. We know the significance of God. We know the importance of Jesus. We know that it's valuable to us. But our life is so crowded that we can't find room for him. So anxiety, where can I put Jesus? Boy, my week is crowded. These things are going on. Oh, it's my career. It's this and that. Where can I put Jesus? The fact is there's only one place that Jesus needs to truly reside. That's the centerpiece of your heart. Matthew 6.33 If you seek him first, his kingdom and his righteousness all these other things. Put Jesus in the center of your heart. All those things he'll put into your life to bless your life. God doesn't want to not bless your life. God wants your life to be blessed. Anxiety and frustration and worry is because we're trying to fit God into a crowded world and we have really no room for him. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Oh, man, the lame man who laid at the gate in Acts chapter 3. Listen, let me tell you something. He laid at the door of the church. And people every day going to church in their fancy suits. Don't have anything against suits. Don't. I used to have three pieces. I used, I used to didn't think I could minister unless I had a three-piece and a paisley tie and all that stuff. I... You know, but listen, God showed me something. It's not about that. But regardless, people went to the temple every day to pray, to seek God. They walked in a right past this man every day who was begging alms. Are you hearing me? They walk, we walk by people every day. Every day we walk by people. We may have even walked by some people this morning to come here. We've actually had people stop and pick people up and bring them. Which is good, but not everybody maybe will be about that. But the Bible said Peter and John went to the temple to pray too. And as they went, this man cried out. And their focus was on this man. They saw this man. He needed a friend. It was his midnight. He needed a friend at midnight. People were going by him, supposedly carrying the bread. 
But Peter went up to him and said, look at us. Look at me. Look at the Lord this morning. Quit looking around you. Quit looking down. Quit looking all around. Quit looking into your stuff. Look at the Lord. Hear what the Lord is saying this morning. Peter says, look at us. He was begging alms. He said, I don't have silver and gold like you think I have. I know why you're here, but I don't have that. But such as I have. How many knows you've got something supposedly the world don't have? Are you hearing what I'm saying? For several years, 35 years in Wise County Schools, not all of those years, but most of those years, I had kids every day coming to my classroom looking for bread. They weren't necessarily looking for a test score. They, 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 they. Listen, we want them to do well, but they ain't in the test. I'm going to tell you. There's a time in kids' life that they, they, listen, there's a time in kids' life when they just want to survive. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Their home is broken. Their home is torn apart. There's chaos. There, there's confusion. There's craziness in the home. And these kids are put on the bus and brought to school. And we think that, well, listen, they've got potential. There's, there's lawyers and there's doctors and there's preachers and there's teachers and all those kids. But what the, what the Lord told me a long time ago, the reason why you're here today is because of what you gave them then. Yeah, it is about the job. It is about practicing medicine. But the greater story is about what bread you're giving them. So silver and gold have I none, but such as I have in the name of Jesus, get up. Turn to somebody on your left and right and say, it's time to get up. Graham told this story years ago about a man in a crowded street in the city who was looking for a mission, a small church in the street where he could go in and have prayer, talk to somebody. He was an alcoholic and he couldn't find a place. He, he went into one place and they told him to leave. He came down the street frustrated, Josh just frustrated, just saying, I can't get in that church I, I can't get in any of the churches and he said that this man walked up to him supposedly being the person of Jesus and said to this man who was desperate needing bread he said don't feel bad sir I've been trying to get into that church for years and they won't let me in are you hearing what I'm saying did you even hear what I just said Jesus is knocking at this church's door and he said, I won't in there. If you let me in, I'll do stuff. 
through some stuff. Just let Jesus into your life. You'll do stuff. The Lord will do stuff through you and in you. I'm knocking if you'll open up. So this morning, I want you to remind me. I want to remind you all this morning that this church is not a building. We meet in a building. But it's really an assembly of, of faithful believers who have bread in your personal life as well as we've got to be the church. As I said earlier, Ruth left Bethlehem because there was a shortage of bread and she went to Moab, which was a bad move. She lost everything. She lost her husband. Eventually, she lost her sons. And when she heard about revival, you know what revival is? Plenty of bread in the house. Bread in the house. Fresh bread in the house. You know what y'all do? You, oh, hold me here. Uh, you know what y'all do? We ought to go out there on the corner. Out there and we ought to shout real big. Fresh bread! Fresh bread! Fresh bread! In fact, you know what? When you leave here, there ought not be sour moods and negative attitudes like we can all be about sometimes. But when you leave here, they ought to smell heaven all over you. smell heaven all over you. When you go in the hillbilly later, somebody said, whoa, whoa, what bread store you been in? When you show up to work tomorrow, whoa, what kind of bread have you been eating? I know when we set foot on that grounds yesterday, people would just flocked and they just grabbed everything you had and it was all gone in 10 minutes, believe it or not. It was just all gone in 10 minutes. But what those people were looking before, besides hygiene products and besides water, besides a double cheeseburger, they were looking for bread. And so immediately people started loving on people and praying. See, that's what they were looking for. You see, downtown Norton here in a few days, yeah, I know we take hits. Oh, oh I can't believe Pastor R celebrating Halloween. Oh, bless the Lord. What's going to become of him? Let me tell you, there are going to be people looking for bread. Jesus didn't hang out in the fancy places. You're reading the wrong gospel. Jesus hung out because they were looking for bread. That bread will change you. I believe you told me that. I didn't dream that. I believe you told me that change was happening in your life. Let, let me tell you who don't like the change. Let me tell you. Your friends might not like it, but the devil don't like it. Have you got bread in your house? Clothes ready to right here leave. You're not a building, you're a body. 
your body of bread, the embodiment of Jesus, who Jesus was to broken and hopeless people. Because people, when they come, they're going to be looking for things, and it's obvious what they're looking for. I've mentioned them here, but real quickly, they're looking for faith. They're looking for something to believe in. People are looking for something to believe in. They've got to see enough, Scott, in you to incite. I want what Scott's got. I don't understand it. I don't know anything about it, but how do you get it? Like Clyde did in the prison, where he's been mentioned so many times. He said, I don't get all this crazy stuff. He walked up to somebody in the service, but he said, whatever it is, I want it. That's being bred. So when we walk into the prisons, we do prison ministry, walk into the schools, we walk into the homeless, into the streets. We walk into downtown Norton, trunk or treating or fall, whatever Kathy called it a while ago. You call it whatever you want. But it's an opportunity to love on people and be bred to people. Do you understand what I'm saying? We've got to look enough over our religiousosity to see that there's a bigger problem than religious idealisms. There's a heart problem. Everybody say, well, you know, there's a sin problem. The sin problem is a heart problem. Hello? So they're looking for something to believe in. Everybody say, believe. They're looking for faith. This little kid said one time, faith is taking hold of God. The second little kid said, faith is holding on to God. And the third little kid said, faith is not letting go. Well, faith is all of them. Faith is all of them. And it's a midnight in people's lives here today. It's a midnight in a lot of people's lives. And people are looking not only for something to believe in, they're looking for hope. People will live up to 40 days without food. People will live up to three days without water, possibly. People can live eight minutes without air, but people can't live one moment without hope. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Toby, I'm about ready to come back there and do a happy dance with you, man. I know you're a radical North Carolina guy, but listen, they do happy dances in North Carolina. It's about, it's about time some of you got your, your joy in and your happy dance right and you got your bread in the house and you start serving people who need hope and they need something to believe in and they're looking to you. I'll be real with you. Let me say this, closing here. I, I'll, I'll be real with you right here. They're not looking for lights. They're not looking for fancy instruments. They're not looking for cool sounds. They're not looking for cool atmosphere. That Those things are we're thankful for. Them. But what they're really looking for is something to believe in and something to hope in. The last thing, they're looking for... The bread of love. 
They're looking for love. Don't judge them. Love them. Had it not been for God, you'd be there yourself. Quit looking down at people. Go to them and love them. Put your arm around them and just love them. They may not smell like you like. They may not look like you like. They may not act like you like. And there's probably some demons chasing them, demons on them. But you've got bread. Jesus has given you authority over demons. Don't run from them. Let's be the bread at midnight to a friend. So I want you to tell me this morning. The first bread that people are looking for is what? The bread of what? Oh, no, I, okay, he is the bread of life. The bread of what? Something, there's one of them, but the first one. You've got to believe in something, so they're looking for the bread of what? Faith. They're looking for faith in you. They're looking for someone to believe, something to believe in. You see, I just can't get over those people. They're worshiping the devil and they're doing this and they're doing that. You know why? It's because the church has not been the bread and they're looking for something. Something. The bread of what? Faith. Thank you, Miss Holly. Bread of faith, the second loaf. They're looking for the bread of what? Hope. Hope. We all need it. Be hope to people today. In the third loaf, the bread what? Love. Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you. If you can't love your own brother and sister, if you can't love people around you, how can you stand and say you love God? Because Jesus said that love's not even in you. Sorry, I didn't say it. Jesus said it. He said, if you can't love your brother whom you have not seen, how can you tell me you love me and whom? Love. We got to love each other. We got to believe. We got to hope. And we got to love. Be the bread to those that are hungry. Let's bow our heads right here in the presence of the Lord. Come on, Hannah. Bread in the house. We have friends that need bread at their midnight. I mess up probably more than anybody in this building. I feel God. Can I be real and transparent this morning? And I'm not going to embarrass Miss Kathy. But this morning I was trying to get that bread, and boy, I was feeling the Holy Ghost getting those. I said, oh, I'm going to have to go get me three loaves of bread. And, and something hit me. No, you got three loaves of bread that look like that. So I got up in the bread closet, and I found three. I made a mistake, though. I got the bread out, and I put them on Kathy's clean white stove. And she said, you got, you got crumbs all over my stove. 
And I said, what you feeling what I was doing? I got a little, you know, Joyce, you've probably never done that before, Josh. I got a little aggravated, and I said, oh, no, you, you mean you're worried about those crumbs on that stove, and here it is God giving me downloading this thing about bread down in my spirit. And you know what I had to do? I had to apologize. Anybody ever had to apologize in here? You know what you need to do? I bet there's some people in here need to make an apology. <laughs> oh, you're preaching good. Now you're not bad. Mm. You want God down low bread to you, fresh bread to you? You sitting holding things in your heart against people? Oh, ain't going to happen. I'm sorry. You got to love people. You got to you, you forgive people. You got to you got to go on, man. You can't sit and hold on to stuff. You, your bread, will get, he'll get canker worms. He'll, 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 he'll breed mold. He'll all kinds of disgusting stuff. Love people. Forget people. Heads bowed. How many in here this morning will be truthful and say, Pastor, or I need fresh bread. Or I need a friend. And this is my midnight. I, I'm, I've been struggling I've struggled, Lord. I've struggled. I, I, my life, I, oh, how I've struggled with things in my life. I've been broken. I've been hurt. I've been weary. I've been tired. I've been discouraged. I've been heartsick. Come on, be real with me. I know God's speaking right now. I, I, I can just about come back and tell you who he's speaking to. And the Holy Spirit is speaking today. He's got bread today to give you. Could you slip your hand? I'm going to ask one more time. Could you slip your hand up with mine? God bless. Thank you for being honest. Keep those hands straight up in the air. You're reaching for heaven's bread. You're saying, God, I need a slice. I need a whole loaf this morning right here. Lord, I don't want a crumb. I want a whole loaf. And that's what Jesus told this Syrophoenician woman. Lady, you don't have to have a crumb. I'll be the loaf. I'll be the bread you need. So this morning, Holy Spirit, go to those hearts today. Minister and appropriate bread to people's hearts and lives right now as they're reaching to you. And I'm going to ask you right now, if you're here, and if you're here... And we're all here as the body, the embodiment of Jesus. If you're a part of the church, we've got to be the bread that people are looking for. We have to be the bread. We have to keep the bread fresh. We have to keep the bread fresh because this is people's midnight hour and they need things in their life. So I'm going to count to three and want everybody in here to respond as the Holy Spirit is speaking. One, two, three. Come and get you some bread or come and ask the Lord to make your bread fresh. Come on, right now, right now, right now. Don't wait, don't wait. This is an opportunity. You say it's not my time. Yes, it's your time. It's your time. It's your time. It's your time. It's your day. As such as I have, I give to you. Come on, be bread to those that are hungry. 